Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. Hey, good morning. Great to see you guys this morning. Welcome to church. It's a great place to be this morning. Welcome, welcome. So glad that you guys are here. Well, next week is Easter. Uh, It's not too late to invite somebody. You're like, oh, they didn't return the call. I kind of forgot. The door is closed. It's not closed. It's not closed. Call, call, call them Sunday morning. It's, it's, it's still not too late. You wake up early, just, just give them a call and say, hey, show up at church. Come sit with me. Tell them what service you're going to and be like, I'll meet you in the parking lot. Like, get rid of some excuses for them. Be like, I'll pick you up wherever it needs to be. Um, but you do, and I guarantee we're going to have just an awesome, awesome Easter as we celebrate what God is doing. Um, but, but I know what it takes to make this Easter the best Easter that you've ever had, and it's that person that you've been praying for, that you've been witnessing to, that you've been ministering to for years. Um, And I'm just excited for what God's going to do. And my prayer is that they would show up with you on Sunday. And then when we give that altar call, I'll give you permission to peek. And you just look over, and when you see that hand go up, and you're just like, yes! Come on, it will be the best Easter. It will be. So let me just encourage you, invite invite. But with that, we're in this series. Um, we're really just, we're going through Ephesians. And, and today, we're really going to, we're, we're going to get somewhere because uh, this, is, this is part four and we're on verse 11. Um, so today, we're going to cover some ground. Maybe, 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 maybe we will. Um, but you have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter one. We're going to start in verse 11. And let me just remind everybody, Ephesians was written to a group, and it starts, verse 1, right in the very beginning, it says, two saints, two believers, that this is an unpacking, a, a making known of what it means to be a Christ follower. Because if all you think it is, is, well, I got to get out of hell free card, when I die, I go to heaven, that is like a teeny, weeny, weeny, weeny bit of what it is. It is meant to change the way that we live now, and as a result of changing the way that we live now, it will impact and change the way that we live eternity. That is what it is meant to do. So we're jumping in here, right at verse 11, and verse 11 says this, says, in him, which we've been talking about over and over, this is, this is where we as believers, this is, this is what your identity is. You are found in Christ. You are in Christ. It's not what you used to do. You're not defined by your greatest day or your worst day. Well, I had this thing happen to me, so I'm this victim. No. Well, back in high school, I was really good at this, and man, those were the great old days. No, no, that's not what defines you. Our identity is found in him. And in him, it says, we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. And we went quite a bit deeper than I'm going to today in week one, so I'm not, I'm not going to again, because we already did in part one, into what that is where it says predestined. But a key, if you missed it, you can go back and listen to it, but the key is found in Romans 8. And this is what it says. It says, for those God, this is Romans 8, 29, for those God he foreknew, he also predestined. So here's what that means. It means that God is not controlling what you do. But he knows what you will do, so you're destined to do it. So he's not controlling you, so yes, you have free will. 
I have never done this, but whenever anybody argues with me predestination, I've always wanted to just slap them across the face and be like, I was just destined to do it and just back up like I couldn't help myself. I've never done it. I have reason because I don't, I'm like, okay, I, I will not do it. But here's, here's what we know because God's word says it. It says, for those he foreknew, he also predestined. He knows what you're going to do before you do it, so you're going to do it because he knows. He knows that that bug was going to fly in your car and you're going to go like this and you're going to be like, what happened? He knows. Speaking of bugs, years ago I was riding, driving my motorcycle and I'm, I'm flying down the road and a bee went down my shirt. And I'm driving, I'm like, ah! And so I'm like, I'm like, oh no. And I'm like, where is it? Where is it? I'm like, there it is. And so I, like, I, I see it. I'm like, I'm going to get it. So I go, Ugh! It wasn't the bee <laughs> that I saw. I grabbed myself and went, Ugh! And I'm like, ah! What am I doing? I didn't get stung by a bee. I got me. It was just a little cold out that day. Um, man, God knew all that was going to happen. I had no idea. Okay, but God, God knows all of that, not because he's controlling you, but because his knowledge for those he foreknew. But let's keep going because we've covered that so well in week one. Verse 12, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory in him. Again, this is so over and over we see this. And you're like, why do you keep saying it over and over? Because it's in here over and over that you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. So what is this seal? Here's what the Bible says. It says that what we just read is that the Holy Spirit at salvation, it said, when we believe, when we believe that at salvation, that there's a work of the Holy Spirit that is done in every single believer, and that is, it seals, it is a seal that is done on our work, on the work that was done in our lives. Now, in the Greek, this is what that means. That word, that word sealed says it signifies ownership and the full security carried by the backing or the full authority of the owner. The full authority of the owner. Who's the owner? Oh, it's God. He's like, look, I'm sealing this. I am doing this work. He is the one that does it. It's not like, you, you don't get partially saved. Well, you know, his foot got saved, but the rest of them did. It, it doesn't work like that. The Holy Spirit does a work in you. It carries the backing, the full authority of the owner, which is God, sealing in the ancient world served as a legal signature which guaranteed the promise, the contents of what was sealed. So that what that seal means, what that seal means, when, when they sealed a letter, it meant what they would do is they'd seal it with the king's signet ring. They'd melt some wax over it and the king would take his ring, he'd put it on there. And here's what that would mean. It would mean that whatever that document says, it didn't matter if it was written by the king himself or not, his seal gave it the king's authority. It carried the same authority as the king because the king sealed it. So the work that's done in you and I, the Holy Spirit seals it and says, it is done. 
It is done. It is complete in us. He seals us. It's not a forgery. It's not phony. It is done in you and in I. First, excuse me, 2 Corinthians 121 says this. Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us in God, who also sealed us and given us the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. Talking about what it is that will come. Now here's what that seal is not, and please don't get confused. The seal at the work, the work of the Holy Spirit, it's the Holy Spirit that seals you. Yes, it is. But that sealing, that is not the filling or the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's not what that is. Now, I think the devil has done an absolute great job, unfortunately, and has worked very hard to make people and to keep people confused on this one subject when it comes to the Holy Spirit. You ever go to a store, buy something, and then forget, and you leave it at the cash register, and you walk out? Anybody else ever done that? Oh my goodness, I do that all, I, I do that. I'm a very one-track-minded person, like very. I get, I get one track, one box, I work in that one box at a time, and, and sometimes I'll be, I'll be checking out, and then that cash register person is friendly. And I'm like, but I'm checking out, but they're like, how are you doing, did you find everything that you needed today, what, were you, what project are you working on? And I'm just like, can I check out please? Because I will, I, I will forget stuff. Then I get out to the car or I get home and I'm like, oh my goodness, I have to go back. And I'm already going to have to go back in any project. Anybody ever done a project and they only took one trip to Home Depot? One? <laughs> I don't know about that. Andrew, he's like, well, my van is, my, his, Andrew's van is a mobile Home Depot. He's like, I've got it right there. So that's a little bit different. I so I know I'm going to go back to the store, but I hate paying for it. And then you walk out. And I do that every now and then. Honestly, the thing I do the most often is I pick up something to fidget with, and then I walk out, I walk out of the store with it. I have stolen so many things that way. And I get out to, the, and I'm like, I get out to my car, and I'm like, how did I get out here? And I walk back in, and I get that person that's there shaking your hands or whatever, and I'm like, hey, I stole this. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm like, didn't you just? I'm like, I know. I don't know what happened, but I just walked out with it. I do that with tape measures at Home Depot because you need to measure something, right? So I take one of the tape measures that are still in the package, but the clips go through the package, so I'll clip it on, and I'll just walk out of the store with a brand new tape measure on my hip. I'm like, how did nobody catch me? So I, I think I'd be really good at thieving things, but that's, that's not what I'm, I don't. I, just, I, I, I bring them back. I, I, do bring, I do bring them back. So what we don't want to do is pay for something in the store and then leave it there. But can I tell you something that's way, way, way worse is what God paid for, what Jesus paid for, what he has available to you and I, and many believers, they just leave it right there, and that is the Holy Spirit. They just walk out of the store, they walk like, salvation's done, good, I'm out of here, and they go off into their life, and they're like, man, I want to live, and I'm doing, but what I find myself doing is the things that I don't want to do. I find myself in the places I don't want to go. I know that there's a better way. I know that God's called me, but I found I lied again. I cheated. I did it. Man. And so much of it is we've left the Holy Spirit. The very thing that Jesus told his disciples, and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And he's like, you don't even leave Jerusalem until you get this. 
He'd been raised from the dead, and he tells him, he's like, you need this. Don't go do anything else until you have this. Salvation forgives us. It is done, but the empowering to live the life comes through the Holy Spirit. So let's understand something when it comes to the Holy Spirit. There's three steps to salvation. One, two, three. Here we go. Number one is found in Romans 10, 9. And it says, if you confess with your mouth in the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Boom. So what do you need to do to go to heaven? That's it right there. It's believe and confess. That's number one. That's number one. But there's more. So number one, we believe and we confess. Matthew 28, 19, what do we do next? We talked a little bit about it already. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. So now a disciple is a Christ follower. What should they do? Be baptized. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So we've got Easter, and then what do we have coming next? We're going to do some baptisms. The first thing that we do as a Christ follower is we believe and we confess. And then number two is we get water baptized. And that's where we die to our old way, and we literally, we bury that man under the water, and he does not come back up. She does not come back up. That old way of living is done and gone. It is gone. And we're like, okay, that's taken care of. So the second step is baptism. So if you've not been baptized since you believed, then in two weeks we've got baptisms, and we would love to baptize you. We would absolutely love it. Just follow Jesus in this step. Well, I haven't done it. It's been how many years? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. If Jesus says to do it, the best time to honor him and do it is today. Be like, okay, well, now I'm going to do it. Let's go. If you've not been baptized since you believed, then in two weeks, we're going to have some fun. Got an inflatable hot tub. We're going to baptize some people. We'd love to have you join us in that because that is step number two. And then... There's step number three, and that is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You say, well, I already got saved and I was, I was sealed. Yes, you were, but Luke eleven thirteen 13 says this. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? This is something that we ask for. And if you have not asked for it, you do not have it. He says, I will give this to those that ask for it. You're like, are you sure about that? Yes, because it's in the Bible. Acts 19, verse 1. And it happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the land, passed through the inland country. Okay, keep going. And came to Ephesians. Now there he found some disciples. Now he found some disciples. Okay, he didn't find some druggies. He didn't find somebody... He found disciples, which is another way of saying a Christ follower. A Christian is somebody that you and I would say, this is a Christ follower. He found a Christ follower. I already say Christian. Let's try that again. Maybe I I probably heard my words when I said it or something. Everybody say Christian. Christian. There we go. He finds somebody who is a disciple, a follower of Christ. And this is what it says. And he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they answered, well, of course we did because it's a one-step process. Wait, no, 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 that's not what it says. That's not what it says. It says this, no, 
we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And he's like, well, okay. Into what then were you baptized? And he just asked him, because we read it just a little bit ago, because Jesus told his disciples to go, he said, go and make disciples and baptize them in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. And he's like, well, then how were you baptized? How, how could you have not heard of him? Because you should have at least heard his name when you got baptized. He's like, wait a second. Whose name was this baptism? Like, what's going on? And they answered, unto John's baptism. And Paul said, John's baptism, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling people to believe in the one who was to come after him, and that is Jesus. And on hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid their hands on him, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began to speak in tongues and prophesied. And there was about 12 of them in all. They were disciples. They were Christ followers. But they had not been filled with the Holy Spirit because they hadn't asked. Because they didn't know. They're like, holy, 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 what? We, we don't know. And like, you don't know who that is? And they're like, no, we don't know. He's like, well, then let me, let me tell you. And they heard. And they're like, great, I want that. And he's like, okay, let's do this. So they asked, the Bible says they laid their hands on them, and they, was, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. So yes, the Holy Spirit does a work in you at salvation. It is a sealing. Yes, it is done. It is a, a, a mark, a guarantee of what is to come. But the, the baptism, the filling of the Holy Spirit is something that we ask for. And that's what we see in Scripture. Is it something that we ask for? It's that empowering it is the empowering the Holy Spirit does on the inside of us. 2 Corinthians says this in verse 5, chapter 5, verse 20. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us, through his Holy Spirit. He's like, Good, look, God's going to speak and he's going to plead through you. We are Christ's ambassadors. Romans 8.11 says, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. This is the Holy Spirit. It is meant to live in each one of us. There's a big difference between taking a shower and going swimming. There's a big difference. There's a huge difference. And when we get saved, the Holy Spirit, does it work on us? Yes, absolutely. But it is not the same as being filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus made it, and he said it this way, and you will be empowered. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. This is different. Even the description that we get when John was baptizing, they said, you will baptize and you will know who the Christ is because the Holy Spirit will descend on him and remain. The Holy Spirit had descended, and we see the Holy Spirit working in people, but it had not remained until Jesus, and it remained on Jesus. We want the Holy Spirit to not just do a work in us, but to remain, and so we ask to be filled. Ephesians, right back to Ephesians, we're going to go to verse 15, and then it says this. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love towards all the saints... I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. That God, 
The God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of our hearts enlightened that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. It is possible to be a Christ follower and not know. Hosea 4, 6 says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. To not know what it is that God's done for you, to not know that the Holy Spirit is available and God wants to empower you to live this life, to not know the freedom and the hope because you believed in a lie. The most dangerous thing is not what you don't know, it's the things that you know that are wrong. It's the things that we know are wrong. Well, I can't... I, I, the devil's just as powerful as God, and I can't do anything about it, and there's sickness coming in my family, and we're under attack, and I'm just going to sit here. Wait a second. Don't you know that you're an ambassador for Christ? Don't you know that the Bible says resist the devil and he will flee from you? That means you have a part to play. You have something to do. He's like, you need to know. He says, I, he prays this, having our eyes of our heart enlightened that you may know that we wouldn't miss out on what it is that God has done for us, wants to accomplish in us, and to do through us. He wants to move and work through each and every one of us. And it says this, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe? According to the work of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand, in heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but in the age to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as a head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. He's like, you need to know. I pray that you know. I hope that you understand all that God has for you. He's like, because there's more than just, okay, I got saved. There's more. God wants to use you. He has a plan. Man, we've been over that. He has a plan and a purpose for your life. The rich inheritance he has for you, there is a purpose. You have a destiny in God, and you can begin to live that out today. But our identity is found in God. It is given, it is not earned. It is received, it's not achieved. We receive that and then we live from that. You and I, you are a very special thing. You are unique in God's creation. You and I, we are unique in God's creation. There's a difference between you and animals. There's a really big difference. You know, if I come around the corner, and I'm driving my car, I come around the corner, and there's a dog and there's a person in the road. If I can stop, I'm going to stop. If I can swerve, I'm going to swerve. But if I have to hit one, I, there's no moral dilemma for me. It's like, it's the dog, because there's a person. Because you were made in God's image. You are not an evolved animal. If you're an animal that one day decided like, hey, I'm going to shave and go to work, this is going to be great, okay, then there's no difference between you and an animal. But there is because God made you in his image. You were made in the image of God. Now, we, 
We take care of our animals. Absolutely, Proverbs 12, 10, the godly care for their animals. But you need to understand this. You are an image bearer of God. And that you are not an animal. You are not anything like an animal. Your spirit is different. God breathed life into you and you were made in the image of God. And in the image of God, you were made, the Bible says, male and female. We need to remember you are. You are different. God designed and wants a relationship with you. There is a difference. You're not just an animal. You're not a nice animal. God has a plan. God has a purpose. God has a destiny for you. Now, the crazy thing is, is we look, and in many states, animals have more protections than babies do today. Excuse me. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, wait, did I say that wrong? No. Animals have more protection than many babies, unborn and born. It's crazy, but there's a difference. There is a, that's not what you are. That's one of the things that, like, we, we, have, we have a dog. Right now we're watching a bunch of dogs, but we, we've, we've got a couple of dogs. Um, as we were looking at, at dogs, uh, one, one of the places, Beck's like, hey, I found this dog, and it, it uh, seems like a really nice, nice breeder. She's like, but, but check this out. The breeder says that they want to first come to the house and make sure that you have the right environment for the dog to come to. And you don't buy the dog, it's an adoption. And then they want, they want to be able to come back into your house to check up at any time for the dog, and I'm the dog. And I'm like, we ain't doing that. <laughs> no way. No, they're not coming to my house. I got an alarm, like, you come up my driveway, I want to know you're coming before you're coming. Like, like what's going on? Like, no one's just going to come to my house and like, hey, I got to check on the dog. No, it's an animal. It's not a person. So I don't even like the language where we adopt animals. There is a difference. You were created in the image of God. And you can love your animals, please do. I love animals, they're delicious. <laughs> um, <laughs> but even our pets, we, we want to take care of them. Please hear me in that. But understand you are a unique creation created by God. Salvation is available to you. He puts his, he seals the work that he does inside you, and when we ask, he gives us the Holy Spirit, the third part of the Godhead, to live with us and in us. You need to understand that you are special. You are not an accident in any way, shape, or form. If all we are is just a highly evolved animal, then what does it matter? It's crazy what our world is doing. California passed a law last year, it took effect this year. And in this law, it now gives parents the permission to kill their babies after they're born for a certain set of time. And it's kind of wishy-washy as to what it is. You can look it up for yourself. It's like AB 2223. And they were not covert about this at all in the original bill. And they changed it slightly. And they changed the language slightly 
to go from flat out, it's okay to kill a child, and it's like something like seven, maybe 14, maybe 21 days. Again, it's very gray. But they change it from just outright, yeah, it's okay to kill, kill a newly born baby. They change it to for um, pregnancy-related reasons. And you might read that and be like, well, what does that mean? Well, that's just it. Nobody knows. Because our world does not see you and I. It, it sees you and I. It's just a highly evolved animal. Somebody with a little less hair. Somebody with a whole lot less hair. But you need to understand, you are created in God's image, unique in all of the world. There's no other being like you. God wants a relationship with you. You were created to have a relationship with God. And he wants to give you everything you need to do it for life and godliness. And part of that is the Holy Spirit. It's not just the work that he does at salvation, but when we ask, he says, we will be filled with, indwelled with, no longer just washed in, but just drenched, filled. The other language is used is baptized in, completely immersed in the work of the Holy Spirit. There's so much that God has done for you. You are unique. I pray that you know how special you are to God, that you are his child, that he was willing to do anything for, anything for. Heard a story of a boy who was walking on a dock and he slipped and he fell in between the boat and the dock. And, and his dad saw, heard the noise, looked over and just ran over and dove down in the water, but it was murky water. So he went down and he couldn't see him. And he's reaching out. He comes back up, takes another breath, and goes back down. This time when he goes down, as he's flailing around trying to find his son, his arm bumps into his son and he finds him. So underwater, he reaches over and grabs his young son, who can't swim, and tries to pull on him. But when he does, what he realizes is that his son has wrapped his arms and legs around one of the pylons that held up the dock. And finally, as he pulls, his son lets go, and he gets him up top, gets him up out of the water, and he He's like, what were you doing? What was going on? And the son just looked at his dad. And he goes, what were you doing holding on to that? And his son just in that little kid way just looks up at him and says, I was just waiting for you, dad. Man, that gets me. But it's such a picture of our heavenly father who's looking down sees us right where we are. And he's looking for you. He wants to take you from where you are. You are special. You are unique. You were made in God's image. Special. Knit together in your mother's womb, the Bible says. You're not an accident. You may have been a surprise to someone, but you are not a surprise to God. He has a unique plan and purpose for you. You might look around and say, man, I don't even fit in this time. I don't fit. You do. You were not born in the wrong time, not in the wrong era. 
You are uniquely gifted and positioned right here. And your heavenly Father knows that you can't stand it. If you stay the way you are, yeah, it's not going well. And you look at your surroundings and you're like, if I stay here, I don't know. And there's all this uncertainty around you. But your heavenly Father looked down from above. It was like, I'm, he made a way. And he wants to pluck you right out of it. But you have to let go of the things that you've been holding on to and to call out for him. We read it in Romans. If you believe and confess with your mouth, hear me in this. God loves you. You are unique. You are special. You are made in his image. I pray that you know how much God loves you, the power that's available to you and how he wants to use you and work in and through you. Would you please bow your heads and close your eyes? If you're here today and today's the day that you you say, you know, God, I, I need you. I want you to rescue me. I'm holding on to some things, but I'm drowning and I know it. I want you to rescue me. I believe, and I'm ready to confess, and I'm ready to call out for you. I bet you would love the honor of praying with you right in your seat. I bet you at the count of three, I want you to lift your hand high, and in doing so, you're calling out to God. God, rescue me. Get ready, one, two, three. Right now, shoot that hand up high and say, that's me, and today is my day. All right, with all the hands down, in this room, online, listening, watching, whatever you're doing, if that's you, and you say, today's my day that I'm reaching out to him. I'm letting go of what's holding me down, what's holding me back, and I'm calling out to him. If that's you, as you say these words, repeat after me. I'm gonna lead you in a prayer. When we say amen, you can know beyond a shadow of a doubt where you stand with God and begin to walk out the purpose and plan that he has for you. Everybody out loud, let's pray with those that lifted their hands. Just repeat after me. Say, Jesus, forgive me and make me new. From now on, I'm yours. Come rule and reign in my life. Devil, you lost me. Jesus, I'm yours. I believe that you died, that you shed your blood so I could be free. So from now on, I choose you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church.